All right, so uh, Matthew, why don't we start out with yourself and just a quick uh, one or two minute introduction and then we'll just go around and uh, start with what your daily perspective is. Great, well, thank you very much, Richard, and it's great to be here. I'm Matthew Lamerle, I'm based in San Francisco. I've been in Silicon Valley for 30 or so years. Um, I became an angel investor about 20 years ago, first with Band of Angels, Ian Sobieski is gonna join us in a moment, and then with Koretsu, and I became president of Koretsu, which is today uh, the world's largest angel investor network with 55 locations and several thousand uh, active investors. Um, we do all sorts of early stage investing, so we don't pick any particular asset class. Uh, I would say about two thirds of the deal are early stage tech deals. And when we say early, it's typically the Series A uh, and the bridge into the Series A. So we're not typically doing formation and seed capital. And then in addition, we do do small cap real estate deals. About a third of our members are real estate professionals or have created wealth for their families in real estate. And so they'll bring their best deals to us too. And uh, the membership organization, it's all deal specific financing. I also run the co-investment funds and my own family office, Fifth Era. We're also active investors in early stage tech, fintech and blockchain. And I think that's probably enough for me. There's a lot of people on this panel, so I'll hand it back to you, Richard. Sure, yeah, sounds great. And it's unique that you guys do look at uh, real estate deals. I know most angel investor groups don't spend a single second at entertaining real estate deals inside their platforms, even though those same investors might do some real estate outside, which is interesting. Uh, Ron, why don't you introduce yourself for one or two minutes? Yeah, I'm a uh, private investor. Uh, we work with uh, different angel groups, Kritsu. I'm based in Toronto and we work with uh, groups uh, across North America. We like technology deals. We've invested many millions in young technology companies. We like to syndicate with others uh, because we want access to uh, domain expertise and uh, additional funding and more resources to be able to ex execute on plan. Okay, great. And uh, Chantal? Sorry, <laughs> my name is uh, my name is Sheetal Jaitley. I, uh, I'm the CEO of Tribal Scale. Um, we are a design and software development firm, but we also have um, an investing arm where we go and work with our corporate clients to actually see what problems they actually they have, and work with our corporate clients to figure out how we could plug in startups um, from an early stage. And so we start taking early stage startups, invest in them, help build their product roadmap out, and bring them on to a customer. Um, that's just a little bit about it. Cool. Great. Uh, Ian? Well, hi there, everyone. Uh, my name is Ian Sobieski, and as Matthew Lamerle uh, foreshadowed, I'm the chairman of the Band of Angels. We were the very first high technology angel investment club in the United States, formed in the early 90s. And since that time, we've met every month uh, here in the Silicon Valley to look at high technology startup deals. Uh, we were the archetype of uh, angel groups, and now there are hundreds of angel groups across the country and the world. In the United States, we even have a trade association of angel groups. Uh, throughout all that time, the band has uh, stuck to its original cultural knitting. Uh, we're a single chapter group here in the Silicon Valley with approximately 200 members, uh, all of whom uh, are former high-tech entrepreneurs and executives who walk the walk that the entrepreneurs are attempting to, uh, to follow. So we meet monthly, we invest directly in what would be the best categorized as seed or early stage uh, technology. And, uh, and then we try to stay very engaged with the companies, helping mentor and advise them 
uh, and help them navigate the, 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 their survival uh, into a growth company. Great, great, thank you, Ian. Uh, Dan? I, um, Dan, yeah, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm Daniel Curran. My bio is at dancurran.com on LinkedIn. Got a varied career all over the place, ex-rocket scientist, and then I went and started 14 companies. Uh, took one public on the NASDAQ, and um, then helped turn around Western Digital in 2001, and started more investing on my own uh, via AngelList in 2014, and uh, got a lot of recognition. I'm in about 176 startups right now, not for huge amounts. I usually do one to 50,000. And now I get about 300 decks a week. And so I um, help a lot of um, uh, founders to craft their, their pitch and so on. And then I take them to um, a lot of my uh, family office colleagues and so on. Um, I have a strong network in Silicon Valley. I'm based down in Santa Monica now. Cool, great. And uh, Bo, what about yourself? Hi, I'm Bo Meganson with Gold Coast Angels in Miami. and. Palm Beach, as well as Broward, uh, Broward County, and one of Richard's neighbors down uh, down in Miami and down in South Florida. I've been in the angel investing world for about uh, eight years, was uh, in a couple of startups at the end of the 90, uh, 1990s and into the early 2000s, and then worked over into the institutional boutique, uh, private equity world, 2008 to about 2012, and then uh, was with uh, the Angel Investor Management Group out of the Southeast. For seven years, we became the largest, most active angel investing group in the Southeast U.S. and uh, now in Miami, uh, Southeast. And most of what we do, uh, the profile is just like the rest of you guys. But again, large family office presence down here. That's how I connected with Richard through some of our clients and uh, taking a lot of the a lot of the wealth and a lot of the cash that's in real estate down here and a lot of appetite for directing it until about three weeks ago into early stage tech companies or biotech or something that's going to give significant upscale. So uh, excited to be here with everybody and look forward to learning as much as I, as much as I offer. Great. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone has questions along the way, just pop them into the Q and a, and um, I don't mind if we spend our whole, our whole panel here just answering questions that people have. Uh, Ian, I'm wondering from your perspective, you know, being at this for you know, almost 30 years, um, what are the trends you're seeing that make you able to see maybe having that macro view of what you think is going to happen in the next five or 10 years in angel investing? Maybe some things that are counterintuitive and maybe without that really long-term view, other people aren't noticing like a subtle shift or something that's changing rather quickly right now? Well, in angel investing as a category, uh, you know, we can speak about some macro trends. I'd say, you, should, you know, the short order and the news, of course, is dominated by COVID and the response to it. This is the front end of the downturn. We, I, as you mentioned, have been at it for a while. So I've been through two of these before, the dot-com bust and the 2008 crash. And there's a whole range of tactical behaviors that we'll be adopting over the next uh, period of time in response to that. But long-term, of course, uh, we will be back to a version of normal. And the exciting... Uh, macro trends that exist in angel investing include things like the emergence of the special purpose vehicles for making direct investments that um, allow angels to gather together into um, deal by deal financial arrangements. And these are often brought by 
uh, individual angels that um, are doing work on the deals and actually have an economic incentive in them. They might be on the board of directors, they right. be taking care of it, taking care of that deal. So it's a, a sort of a macro trend. You're seeing more and more of this out there, which is sort of displacing the need to have a, a venture firm to have the expectation of venture firm-like management. You, you still need a venture firm if you want to have a portfolio of deals. But if you're interested in direct investing but still want to both uh, insist on some sort of professional management as well as expect um, that, and, and if you're an angel investor who's interested in trying to be a little more professional than just investing your own money, then you can raise money in these syndicates and actually get rewarded beyond the capital you're investing. So I'm seeing more and more of that. We'll see if there's going to be a regulatory um, response, but right now it's open season and we're, we're seeing hundreds of those and very common. Right. right, right. And for anyone brand new to the space, you know, SPV is a special purpose vehicle. And it's very common for those who are new to the angel investor world for someone to have, you know, be in one or two different angel groups, plus maybe they have their own VC fund or angel fund. You know, that's, that's fairly common. I hear that fairly often, but we're also interviewing typically the more well-connected angels at the family office club. So the average angel investor member does not have a fund, but the ones that you might see on our discussion panels, et cetera, you know, don't be thrown by that. Sometimes they're just coming into a cap table with their own capital, a group of capital, and then maybe more institutional or fund type capital. Uh, I want to go through, and whenever I do this at the events, I always say, you know, in five to seven words or one sentence, and it usually, it usually I fail to convince people to answer that concisely, but if we can get it down to one sentence, the type of deal that you're looking to source most, um, I think that'd be really good for people to hear uh, so that they can kind of see if the deal that's in most demand or easiest to get done with you guys uh, could be connected to you. Maybe we'll go around and start with you, Matthew, to, to begin with. One sentence. I'll take two. Bukuretsu <laughs> is thing that the members believe is a really attractive opportunity. Typically, it's uh, the bridge into the Series A, the Series A, or a small cap real estate deal, and it's come through them, typically. And then for our family office, Fithera, my wife and myself, uh, we're fintech and blockchain investors. We're in 10 of the leading 16 blockchain unicorns, and we're very focused on disruptive fintech. Great. Great, excellent. And then, uh, Ron, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, we focus on software companies that target enterprises, either as uh, customers or partners in the venture go-to-market strategy. Okay. And uh, Chutel? Yeah, we focus on deals that actually satisfy our Fortune 1000 client strategy. So there's a startup out there that is positioned well to on our Fortune 1000 client's roadmap. Those are the deals we focus on. Right. That makes sense. And you can help them get traction and revenue or beta testing right out of the gates, obviously, rather than build something without proof, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Ian, Ian, what about yourself? I know we did a, an investor mandate interview with you recently, but for those who didn't see it. We like deals in, Cal in California, Washington, Oregon, and Nevada uh, that are high tech that fit in the two, two different buckets. One are what you would call small ball deals that VCs aren't interested in that require just our money or maybe just a little more with the expectation of getting to an exit. We still want 10X from that, but that's a $2 million valuation to a $20 million exit. Exactly. The other category of high-tech deals are shoot the moon, the next Uber, the next Airbnb. And for those, we really like deals, <clears throat> it's hard to compete with Sequoia, but actually have been shopped around, have gotten to the finish line with VC partners, but not been able to convince the whole partnership to fund, but have a VC champion already. 
Sure, sure, great. And then Dan, you said you're looking at 300 decks a week. Um, so out of all that, you know, I'm sure you'd rather see 50 a week of exactly your number one niche. What is that number one thing that you're trying to source? Well, my success has been in consumer internet because um, that's easy for me to understand even though I'm, I'm an ex-rocket scientist. But now um, I've recently heard uh, Mary Wheeler, who um, you might have had on, that uh, she's doing biopharma. And I'm one of these guys into longevity. I'm taking all the supplements and trying to reverse age and so on. And I actually had a deal come to me that may be pretty huge that is a biopharma deal that has reversed the age in rats from 70 years old to 20. And so that's something that um, it's, I'm raising 50 million on a 300 million valuation series A. So that, those are two areas, you know, but I'm, I'm mostly looking for unicorns uh, all the time because if I'm gonna be spending time on something, it's got to be huge. And so I kind of endorse those, then I bring them to my network and then everybody wants to get in and it's oversubscribed. I going to say for a 65-year-old, you're looking pretty fresh today. So maybe it's... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not 65. I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm 350. Yeah. There we go. So I think I look pretty good. <laughs> uh, Bo, what about yourself? Hey, you're drinking your own Kool-Aid, right, mm -hmm. right Dan? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, very much like Matthew, uh, I would say that what we do is would be qualified as pre-Series A. Uh, we look for the two phrases I use the most for entrepreneurs is we look for proof of concept and market adoption. We are a little farther ahead than, than Dan's target. Uh, and we're actually looking to get out quicker and turn the cash. If I can get, I'm looking to get out.